you ever wished you could just grab coffee with a top leader in your direct sales company and pick her brain about all the things? Well, you're in luck. My name is Tiffany Spees. Welcome to Directly Different, the podcast where I have conversations with top direct sales leaders and ask them to share what they're doing differently to help them achieve success in their businesses. Direct sales doesn't have to feel spammy or gross. You can absolutely find success in your business by doing things a different way. I want you to feel empowered and inspired to be, well, different. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Directly Different. Whether we like it or not, technology and social media are a huge part of our world, especially for direct sellers. Technology can sometimes be overwhelming or scary, but it doesn't have to be. Today we are hearing from Lynn Bardowski, also known as the Million Dollar Party Girl. She's an amazing resource for direct sellers everywhere. While she was in the field, Lynn built a multi-million dollar organization, not once, but twice, and experienced years of success in her own direct sales business before starting Million Dollar Party Girl so she could mentor other direct sellers on how to build their own million dollar businesses. She's an author, a speaker, and a fabulous mentor. Enjoy our conversation about direct sales, success and failure, and some practical tech advice. I know you'll be inspired by Lynn to stop overthinking and start doing. Hi, Lynn. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It's so amazing to have you here. Thank you for inviting me, Tiffany. I am excited to hang out with you today. Yay. All right. Now let's get started. Tell us about you and your family. Well, we are a family of 10 now. Our family has been growing Uh, My husband and I have been married for, I have to keep asking him because we're at that point in our marriage. It's like, how many years is it this year? (laughs) (laughs) So this year we'll be 38 and we have two daughters, two son-in-laws and four grandchildren between the ages of one and six. Oh, that is such a fun stage. Oh my goodness. Ah, I bet summers are so fun. At grandma and grandpa's oh. house. <laughs> we, you know, we live near the beach and we, we kind of semi-retired here. I'm calling this my pre-retirement. Uh, two years ago, it was always our dream. We grew up in this area to move back to the Jersey shore. And one of the first things I bought was a surfboard. Wow. Keep <laughs> in mind, my oldest is six. They're four and six years old. So I'm already, you know, telling my daughters, oh, I can't wait to put them in surf school. <laughs> We're going to have so much fun. That's so cute. Now, what do your grandkids call you? Are you grandma and grandpa or do you have any fun names? What are you guys? I am Grammy and my husband is Pop Pop. Oh, cute. I love that. I always love, because when I was growing up, it was always grandma and grandpa. I mean, everybody was grandma and grandpa. Now it's, there's just cute little names out there. And so my kids have different names for all of their grandparents. It's so fun to, to hear them as they start talking and, and start yes. to call them those things. All yes. right. Well, something very special about you, Lynn, is that you are also a cancer survivor. So you tell us just a little bit about your journey, if you don't mind. Well, it, you know, 2020 came at us and uh, whatever could possibly happen in the world happened. And when the pandemic hit, I had actually, gosh, 
the Thanksgiving before January 2020, so six weeks before, I developed a very big uh, swollen lymph, lymph gland in my, in my, on my neck. And fast forward after going to multiple doctors that couldn't figure it out and specialists, now it's March, the pandemic is in full force. They're shutting everything down. We're going to quarantine. I actually never even saw my specialist in person. Everything was teledoc and I'm like literally, you know, trying to zoom in on camera <laughs> on my neck. Oh my and I'm goodness. like, but look, they're really big. And uh, I finally had a biopsy, which took weeks to get back because everybody was working from home, including the medical profession uh, at that time. And got a diagnosis of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma by the end of April and started chemo in May. So most of my 2020 was spent going through chemo. So if you're going to be quarantined, um, probably a good time to be quarantined because <laughs> my immune system was shot and couldn't really see anybody or hang out with anybody. And, uh, you know, of course, by then everybody start wearing masks and I didn't really stand out different than anybody else other than I did completely go bald and lose my hair and it's just starting to grow back now. Here we are, you know, fast forward months later and it's just, I got like a little, I call it my little pixie. It's not a cut. (laughs) This is my my long hair. What's growing now. I went from long blonde hair to my natural color because I'm not about to stick any chemicals anywhere on my body right now. Uh, which apparently is a very dark brown. I had no idea. I have been a blonde for over 30 years. So I didn't even know what my hair color looked like. (laughs) Well, I have to say it it is gorgeous on you. I love your new style. It's very sassy. Love it. (laughs) Thank you. It's part, uh, kind of part Grammy, part punk rocker. (laughs) It's like my punk Grammy look. Yes. You are the very, the coolest Grammy for sure. (laughs) And you did some fun things this summer. I noticed on your channel, you did fun wigs and all that kind of stuff. And I just love that you found just a positive aspect and just a way to celebrate your cancer journey. And so I just love that you embraced it (laughs) Yeah, and you made the best. I, I have a weekly show to serve my tribe and I wanted to keep up with that. There, there were some moments when I didn't have the energy to do it and I just couldn't, but I thought, well, if I'm gonna, if I have to go live, I might as well wear a pink wig because when else can I wear a pink wig and get away with it? And yeah, so I was, I went live with my pink wig every Wednesday to do my (laughs) weekly Facebook live show. Love it so much. And now you are officially cancer free, which is so incredible. Yes. Knock on wood. I'm in remission and, you know, kind of in that, you know, next five year phase where I just do my follow-ups every few months, a couple cat scans a year and, uh, you know, praying that that stays, that I stay in remission. The first five years, of course, are, you know, the most challenging when it comes to the cancer coming back. So if I, uh, I will get through this period and march on. Yes, that's right. That's right. So amazing. I just love to hear it. So inspiring. All right. So tell us, we're here to hear a little bit more about your direct sales journey. So tell us how you got started in the direct sales industry. Yeah. It's funny because it's really more of a riches to rags story. (laughs) 
that a, that a, you know, rags to riches. I was working full time and uh, I've been in the direct selling industry for over three decades. So we're talking about the late 80s and had actually a very successful corporate career. I was making what would be equivalent to a six figure income today. I had a company car. We had a nanny watching my two daughters and I wasn't happy. So it looked great on the outside, but like many things, you just, that's why you can never prejudge because you never know what somebody is really feeling. And I was always coming home to my husband with a crazy idea of the week, trying to figure out how can I quit this career? You know, it was the, you can have it all life that it looked like I was living, but I wanted to return it. <laughs> like, how can I give this back? And I just really wanted to be a stay-at-home mama because I was missing all those milestones. And uh, when my daughters were three and five years old, uh, I got an invitation to a home party, a direct selling party. It was my sister-in-law hosting. I probably would not have gone if it was not a family member. And just fell in love with the whole concept of women empowering women. And I, I kind of looked at it with new, new eyes. I was probably more of a direct selling snob prior to then, where I was kind of, oh, those people, you know, they have nothing else to do. So that's what they do. And so, wow, this is a real business. And, you know, it's interesting because women's empowerment is such a big movement. Here we are 30 years later, and I'm thinking, gosh, we really have not come a long way, baby, because we are still talking about this. And I feel like the direct selling industry really was the trailblazer and at the forefront of really women empowering women, building confidence, building self-esteem. It was really, I wasn't, to me, I was never selling a product. It was about the bigger picture and uh, decided to jump in. And after six months, I quit my corporate career, said goodbye, and have been a full-time mompreneur, and now a Grammypreneur for, <laughs> for, as I said, o- over three decades. So amazing. Now, you like you said, your story is kind of a riches to rags, and then it even kind of goes back even further. So tell yeah. us a little bit. I have... I've heard your story, you know, during, uh, conferences and retreats and things like that, but I love hearing it because it is so inspiring. Sometimes we hear people's stories and we're like, that could never be me. Like that's great for them, but that could never be me. But your story is so raw, so real. (laughs) So will you give us just a quick rundown on what happened after you joined and became a full-time direct seller? Well, we were poor (laughs) because, you know, we had the mortgage. I had to give back my company car, bought a used car. I'm sure the neighbors were chatting and saying, oh, they must have been fired or something, you know, and went from shopping at nice department stores to shopping the bargain stores. And uh, we even had to cancel the Disney Channel, which now that I'm a stay at home mom working like that's a bad idea. (laughs) You know, we really had to go bare bones on our expenses. And that first year was tough. I mean, we had conversations about we might need to sell the house. And, you know, even though we had cut back and really struggled, you know, I had, it was kind of sink or swim, you know? So so that's why I encourage people like burn the bridge (laughs) because once you do that, you have to go all in and really get out of your own way and figure out how you're going to make this work because you got bills to pay. 
And sometimes the more you stick with something that you're not happy with, you know, you, you kind of buy into, oh, well, I need that. I have to do that because how else am I going to, you know, afford the lifestyle that I have? And we got to that point that things weren't important anymore. You know, we found a lot of free things, free activities with the kids going to the park. And, you know, as I said, I love the Jersey Shore going to the beach. There's lots of free things you can do with kids. And the first year was really tough for both me and my husband. So I built fast and furious. I, um, by the end of my second year, I made it to the highest level of the comp plan. And we kind of finally, finally saw the end in sight where I was replacing, starting to replace that corporate income and, you know, kind of afford a little bit more than, than we had been those, those first two years. And um, it's funny, after I reached that level, I was cleaning out my closet. I converted a bedroom to a little office. And in the, in, in, I found my original like starter kit box in the closet with stuff in it. And I'm like going through it. And there was the consultant manual still in the shrink wrap. It's <laughs> like, oh, I probably should have opened this at some point. So like I, in many ways, I didn't know what I didn't know. Uh, but I was enthusiasm on fire and that's what, you know, attracted people to me and just started building and growing a, a nationwide team. And, you know, of course, this is before Google, Facebook and even mobile phones. So um, we had to do things the old fashioned way back then. And, uh, and yeah, I was, you know, kind of the poster child for the company at that point. You know, I was speaking at national conferences and it was like, you know, teaching everybody all, all the ways because now it's the early nineties. And I, I kind of was one of the first women to look at the industry as a career because women were just, you know, as I said, in many ways, it wasn't that long ago where, you know, women didn't go to college. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, the boys were encouraged to go to college. And I actually have a two-year degree in fashion merchandising, right? Such a girl thing. Yes, yes. You know, it wasn't like my parents didn't want me to go to college, but it wasn't like a big encouragement thing back then. And so, uh, you know, for me, this industry has just provided so many benefits in terms of personal growth and leadership development. And I really uh, found, I found my way. I found something that I was so passionate about and, um, you know, just love it and love the impact it has on other people. So then after you've built this nationwide team and you have seen so much growth and you are starting to replace your income, what happened after that? I would love for you to share. <laughs> yeah, there was finally light at the end of the tunnel and it's funny because when you get to that level in the company, like the vice president of the company flies in and you have a big party, it's kind of like you're at a wedding, you know, and you're the bride again. <laughs> and there's a big celebration and, you know, woohoo. And I, I really took my eyes off the prize. That's what I did. I didn't know it at the time, but mm -hmm. I, I took my foot off the gas a little bit there and enjoyed the fruits of my labor. In my mind, I thought, I've done it. I got to the top, you know, woohoo, I'm good. Let's have the party. 
And within six months, my I started to have leaders make other decisions, life happened, health issues happened. And I started to see my team deteriorate. Because in any business, if you're not constantly focusing on new business, which interestingly enough, I knew that from my corporate career, because I was in, in business to business sales, and I knew like most of my time had to be spent always find, nurturing new leads, finding new, uh, new clients. And I stopped doing that. I, I just didn't get the correlation there. And by the end of, you know, that next year, I had which we call like ranking down straight <laughs> went to the top back to the bottom. It was like a domino effect that people just started leaving. I wasn't continuing to do the work that got me there. So I had a big hole in my bucket and was, you know, the water was just gushing out and went through a really tough time uh, emotionally and Financially, I was like, finally I lighted the tunnel. What happened to that? And really started to doubt that, is this what I wanted to be doing? And what kind of like, what was it all for? What was all that work for to just see it slip away so quickly? And maybe this isn't what I should be doing. And, you know, my husband's like, well, maybe you need to go find a job. <laughs> he was, you know, back then we got the newspaper delivered to the house. And I would see like the help wanted ads you know, out on the kitchen table for me after he left for work, like, hint, hint, hint. <laughs> he had three years, it didn't work, get get a real job. Mm. And, you know, I call it my, it wasn't a pity party, it was a pity festival. <laughs> <laughs> no vice president was coming in for that though, right? <laughs> Nobody was coming. No. <laughs> I, I, you know, I really kind of went into, um, you know, a self-imposed exile because, you know, in our mind, we're thinking about what everybody else is thinking, right? Oh, people, obviously, they know I failed because I was such a big poster child for success. And I'd been speaking at conferences. I'm, I just was so embarrassed. I felt like a failure. And I really learned many lessons that year that actually helped me become a really great leader and lead my team, you know, even stronger after I got out of my own way and got over myself and, and looked in the mirror and said, there's the reason. <laughs> it's not the economy. You know, you blame everybody. It's not the company. It's not the products. It's not the people that you recruited. It's you. <laughs> you stopped working. And that's why you failed. And one of the biggest lessons I learned is that failure is not who you are. And, you know, we're, we're just taught that in in life in our culture you know you pass or you fail you succeed or you fail and it's kind of like you are a failure and i realized you know what failure is not who you are i let that really wipe away everything i had accomplished to that point as if it was erased and you know no one can take away what you achieved you still did it i was still that person just because I had some lessons to learn about business, I had some growing to do, you know, does not wipe away what I achieved to that point. And so if anybody's listening, I encourage you to, you know, if you can do it, if you did it before, you can do it again and never erase 
your your past achievements because that that is who you are. You did that girlfriend. So yes. I just kind of pulled myself up by my big girl panties and got back to doing what I love. I stopped thinking about, you know, what my leadership rank was or how much money I was making and just got back to the joy of doing what I love. And as a result, <laughs> because that's just what I know how to do, I built back up. It took me two years again, built back up to get back to that top level. And then once I learned those lessons, I stayed there at that highest level with the same company for over 20 years. So I figured out what works. And then I was able yes. to pass that knowledge on. I would say you did figure out what works. And you know, I feel like sometimes it is the easiest option to blame other things when something doesn't work out because like you said, it's so hard to look in the mirror and be like, I'm, I'm the reason why this isn't, you know, succeeding like I thought it would. And that's hard to accept sometimes, but good for you for figuring that out. And I love what you said too, about you rediscovered the joy that you had in direct sales and why you did what you did. And that helped you build everything back up, which is such, I just love that story because, you know, we, like I said, we hear a lot about somebody joined then within five months, they were at the top of the compensation plan and they make, you know, 18 figures a year and you know, all that kind of stuff, yeah. but it doesn't always happen that way. And so for your story, you know, to start at the, you know, at the bottom, work your way to the top, go to the bottom again, but then work your way to the top. Like you said, if you've done it before, you can do it again. I've told myself that a lot, like, okay, I've done this before. Just do it again. You can do it again. <laughs> yes. And you know, uh, success and failure are related and they are connected. You honestly can't have one without the other. And one of the quotes that I see on social media all the time, and it really bugs me, <laughs> it's one of my pet peeves. I see this quote, what would you do if you knew you could not fail? Every time I see it, I'm like, that's the wrong message. We should be saying, what would you do if you knew you had to fail? Mm -hmm. And success and failure are connected. You can't have one without the other. I agree. Mm -hmm. So I'm on a mission to change that quote. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I never thought about it that way. So that's great that you pointed it out because you're right. You can't, they're, they come as a package deal <laughs> for sure. Package deal. And, you know, that was, you know, really one of my biggest blessings was to go through that and learn that lesson because that helped me not only become a, a better leader and be that mentor for new leaders. And, and one of the first things when somebody, you know, built their own team, I would say, now go do it again. Mm. Right. I celebrate, have a party, have a little glass of wine, but tomorrow you wake up and you go book five more parties. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> you right. Go meet, you go meet new people and do it again. And here's why. And I told him, you know, here's what, here's what happened to me. And I don't want this to happen to you. So, so learn, learn from my lessons. And I would challenge my leader team to re-promote themselves, you know, uh, in terms of activity every single three months. Mm. And that's how, I was able to build a, you know, thriving, growing team and a, and a big down multi-million dollar downline organization. Yes. And we had a previous guest, Tara LaMagna, which I know, you know her very well. And I she do. said the same thing. She says, you know, I just re-promote myself. I try to re-promote myself and just, that's how you keep on building a strong team. Cause it gets stronger and stronger if you're doing the same actions over and over again. So love that. All right. So after you you know, had so much success in your direct sales, in your own direct sales business, you started your company million dollar party girl. So tell us about your company and what your mission is with your business. 
Yeah, it, it was accidental, kind of like, you know, my, my uh, start in direct selling. After 20 years, I'm, you know, the older I got, as my children, my daughters got older, I was able to get out more. I did more networking and I actually became a board member of a national women's networking organization to help all small business, uh, you know, women business owners, um, because it doesn't matter what your business is, the lessons are the same. And so many things we do transcend and apply to so many small businesses. And they, when they found out about, you know, I'm not just doing these home parties, I'm actually leading a multi-million dollar team that I, that I built from the ground up, they wanted my advice and they wanted me to, you know, speak at their meetings and kind of pass the wisdom along. So I decided to write a book called Success Secrets of a Million Dollar Party Girl. It just seemed like, you know, that's how my brain works. I'm like, I know I'll write a book. I've never written a book, never thought about <laughs> writing a book. I was like, I've written so many great trainings over the past 20 years. <laughs> Maybe I am a writer. <laughs> and that kind of started it off. You know, my intention really was just to pass on the wisdom, help you know, that whole women supporting women, but doing it more with a global audience now of any, you know, women business owner. And that kind of kicked it off. And then that book actually became a bestseller. I ended up being um, featured in, in two uh, full articles on Huffington Post and interviewed on morning shows and Forbes called me for an interview. It was like, what? Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I was winning awards. <laughs> Outside of my company, I was uh, named a top 100 small business influencer of the year, went to New York City, like these things were crazy. And so that really launched without even thinking about launching an, a company, I launched a company mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, be willing to take a detour, right? Like listen to your gut, listen to your intuition and uh, people started asking me to speak. Now I had been a national speaker for, um, you know, my direct selling business for years, you know, on stage, 10 audiences of 10,000. And so that was kind of a no brainer. And I was literally burning the candle at both ends. I was, you know, had this multi-million dollar organization and then people are like, well, can you come speak here and do this? And uh, I started writing a blog and something had to give. And then, you know, when my, when my daughter had her, I had my first grandbaby, I'm like, okay, now I really want to spend time with my grandbabies. I can't do it all. And uh, the direct selling company that I was with actually has a retirement program. When you were a top leader, you have to be a top leader to access kind of one of the, the rewards. And so I thought, you know what, maybe it's time for a new chapter. I was in my early fifties at the time maybe mid fifties, <laughs> like maybe it's time for a new chapter, you know, a new challenge. And so I passed the torch to one of the top leaders in my organization, took the retirement program and launched a speaking and consulting business and mentoring for the direct selling industry. So now I have a lot of corporate clients in the industry that hire me for social selling expertise and keynote speaking. Of course, we haven't been doing a whole lot of that in the pandemic, doing a lot of virtual speaking right now. Many top top companies and brands you would know. And uh, also have a, a mentoring program for 
for all direct sellers. So I can share the knowledge. Yes. I have benefited so much from your trainings and all your tips that you've shared and your books too. I purchased your books. So I just appreciate you and what you do for the direct sales industry, but you do focus a lot on social media and using technology and our direct sales business in our businesses. And what made you decide to focus on that particular area? Well, because I, you know, my, the way my brain works, and we kind of talked about this a little bit is, you know, what is going to be the, the biggest bang for my buck for my, what's the ROI? How much time am I investing in this? And, you know, I'm a big, like, is this making me money? Is this building my business? And social media makes you money, <laughs> builds your business, and really helps you amplify your message when you do it correctly, you know, to a, to an unlimited unlimited audience, a global audience. And honestly, I, I applied everything I learned when I when I wrote the book. I just applied everything I learned, and that's why I achieved so much recognition and and it grew so quickly was because I was putting myself out there on social media. And so I just love it. I think it is just a great platform when you're serving and not being spammy or salesy. And that's, you know, one of my, that's one of the things direct sales companies hire me for is to help their field do it right. Uh, so that, you know, they're not that spammy direct seller that, you know, we, we all <laughs> experience Yes. in our newsfeed. We're like, stop. So, um, so yeah, I just love it. And for me, uh, you know, I, I kind of tell myself just keep clicking, right? Like mm -hmm. just keep clicking and, and, and you'll get there because when you're an early adopter, I've always been the early adopter. And what I, what I learned is when you're the early adopter, that's when it's kind of like, well, we're still figuring it out. So no harm, no foul. If I'm not getting it right, if it's not perfect, I don't really worry about that because when, when you're early to the party, you know, just like I said, I read that consultant manual two years later, <laughs> probably would have figured things out a lot quicker. Um, when you're early to the party, it's like, you know what, we're just figuring it out. Mm -hmm. And, and that's how you become an expert, you know, by doing and so I'd rather do and, you know, lead the way for others. And I'm like, I'll take one for the team. I'll figure this out. And I, I've never been the type of leader that jumps on the bandwagon in terms of telling other people to do things. Like I literally, I like to do them, try them out, figure it out, see what works, what doesn't work, tweak it. And then I'll say, okay, here's a great idea. <laughs> You know, so that uh, I like to be the voice of reason because there is so many people out there that are sending direct sellers down these rabbit holes. You know, you need to do this. You need to do that. Oh, my God. No. How about this? And I'm just kind of like, you know, stop the insanity. Let's just be authentic. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> just be yes. yourself. You don't <laughs> need to create the perfect graphic. <laughs> Take a selfie. That's what people you know, want to see in the news feed. They want to see your babies, mm -hmm. not your, not your advertising message or your marketing message. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit more like the voice of reason when it comes to that. So I just love it. It's really just fun for me. And if it's not fun, I really don't want to do it. So <laughs> that's right. And I love that you love it and you share your tips about it. So whatever your, what are some of your current favorite tech tools or trends that you are seeing right now as it relates to direct sales? 
Well, it's interesting because when I was going through chemo, uh, Instagram launched Reels. And of course, TikTok was already out there. And I just thought, um, I can't do it. <laughs> like, I'm going to be 60 next year. <laughs> and it's like, nobody wants to see me on TikTok. Like, you know, I'm in my 30s and I feel the same way. I don't, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, my, my daughters are, are my millennial focus group because they're, they're in their early 30s too. And they're just like, we can't even be on TikTok. No. <laughs> no. You know, they're like, your generation already ruined Facebook for millennials. <laughs> Let's not ruin TikTok for Gen Z. <laughs> so wise, so wise. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I got you. I, I just can't. Um, but, you know, I, uh, because I, I just didn't have the energy, I, I could not jump on Reels, but I was obviously watching and checking it out. And for me, you know, the trend and what's really uh, builds that know, like, and, and trust factor and really is more authentic is video. I would rather do video any day of the week than like try to create the perfect graphic that nobody pays attention to. And it's just, like I said, I can be myself. It's just fun. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> I was doing video with pink hair with all different ways with my bald head. And now I got like, I don't even know what you call this. <laughs> so, and who cares, you know? So I, um, uh, once I started to feel better and I was in remission this year, I jumped into reels and I just love it. It's short form video. It's 15 seconds. You, you can do up to 30. And um, I just think it's a fun way to reach an audience and engage. And, you know, there's been so much negativity about Facebook, you know, Facebook's did it again. <laughs> like, oh, they're, put me in jail or they're blocking my stuff. And, you know, what people need to learn is once you figure out how the algorithm works, you know, then you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. You know, so it, Facebook is just delivering to their customer exactly what, what you want to do. You want to give people what they want. And, you know, Facebook owns Instagram and that's really the place now. It's kind of like the new frontier. Um, that you can increase your reach and and grow an audience. Uh, not that you need big numbers. You just need the right people, you know, the people right. that are attracted to your message. So uh, yeah, any kind of video definitely is the way to go. And, and I, I'm sure that will continue, but especially this this kind of short form, quick, you know, 15 seconds, 30 seconds at the most, uh, that is, you know, what everybody needs to be moving to. And I've actually changed my whole Instagram feed um, over to a Reels feed. Hmm. Not really posting any images anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like you said, because people will, you'll spend all that time curating a, you know, a caption and no one's going to read it because they're going to watch reels. <laughs> yeah. 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 And anytime you do, as I said, be the early adopter because anytime you embrace something new to a platform, they're going to promote it for you. You know, Instagram changed the whole design uh, of the feed to really focus on giving more eyeballs on reels. So mm -hmm. it's the middle button at the bottom now. <laughs> That's where you post it. Now it's the whole reels feed. That's so, so true. That's so true. I know. Oh my goodness. When I click on that reels button, oh, 
I get sucked in, but it's so interesting and it gives me lots of ideas and things. And actually one of the big things for me is that it's, it's hard to come up with content, you know, and I heard it said, or someone told me recently, we were talking about reels and TikToks and things like that. And they said, even if you create, I mean, I can't remember how many it is. I shouldn't, should have done the math before, but even if you create and post several reels a week, that's only a few minutes of content altogether. So, you know, it shouldn't be too hard to think of three to five minutes of content, right? You know, we could come up with that in a few minutes, but it's, it is, you know, it does take time to learn these things. But like you said, if you just jump in and do it, it's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be fun and it'll have great results. So I'm talking to myself because I need to get better about getting in, jumping in and trying new things and getting braver (laughs) with doing things like reels. And it's reels today, but who knows what it'll be, you know, next year or the year after that. So this applies to really, I mean, any newer (laughs) kind of thing is, you know, just jump in, just do it. And if you are an early adopter, it's more forgiving. (laughs) More forgiving and you'll get bigger results Mm. because that platform is going to push it out. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to promote it for you and attract more people to you. And since I switched over to a reels feed, um, I am attracting more Mm. of my ideal client and my father account has, is grown by the hundreds. Wow. I love that. Switched over. So yeah. Oh, I love that so much. But like you said, even if you're not into reels or TikTok or whatever video is the way to go for sure. So if anything, yeah. take that away. Cause live, live video. Yes. Just create more video. So, uh, we kind of mentioned this, but what would you say to someone who, you know, says, you know what? I hate technology. It hates me. <laughs> I'm hesitant to jump in. What is some advice you would have for somebody? Like what is, what, how do you encourage people to jump in and try those things? Do you want to make money? (laughs) Right. Hopefully the answer is yes. Yes. So, you know, uh, one of, one of my messages to stop overthinking and start doing, and that is the only way to get out of your own way is to build your confidence. And you do that in baby steps. I, uh, it's funny, one of the reels I created was looking back at one of my first YouTube videos that I made. It is horrible. <laughs> like, it, I can't believe I didn't delete it. The lighting, you, you won't even recognize me. It's like, who is that? That can't be Lynn. The lighting is bad. It's like the background of my house. Well, this kind of looks like the background of my house. Bad lighting, bad everything bad sound. But I, for some reason, I thought that was a good idea. But you know what, (laughs) I was sharing great value, I was sharing vendor event tips. And that YouTube video has over 25,000 views. That's amazing. crazy. And many people today, you know, because I like to ask people, how did you first find me? That's a great question to ask your audience to see what's working. And they, you know, they tell me, oh, I was watching that vendor event YouTube video. I'm like, oh my God, that was so bad. So, um, you know, just jump in and practice does make perfect. You know, you could make 20 reels and never use them. (laughs) You could just literally delete them just to give yourself practice. And even today I'll make a reel and I'll save it to my camera roll. I won't post it. And I'll send it to my daughter. <laughs> Your focus group. <laughs> my focus group. And I'll be like, what do you think about this? <laughs> ridiculous. Am I looking ridiculous? 
And sometimes she'll say yes. She's like, mom, what are you doing there? And I'm like, okay, I won't put that on there. <laughs> so, you know, have, have that, uh, you know, that wing, that wing person, you know, we all need our wing ladies that will tell us when we have spinach in our teeth, <laughs> right? So it could be a family member, somebody that you trust. Um, you could create, create a hidden group on Facebook that's just you and a best friend or somebody you know will tell you you've spin it in your teeth and you could go live 20 times and nobody will see it, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. practice makes perfect. That's how you build your confidence. And then, you know, then you'll feel like you're ready for prime time. But that's right. You know, don't be the dinosaur waiting for something to change because- <laughs> Change is happening every single day. Like you said, uh, who knows, reels could be something else next year. So, you know, the world is constantly changing at warp speed right now. So the, uh, the person that invented the typewriter did not invent the personal computer. They didn't see what was coming next. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to put myself out on a limb here and say to your listeners, you already know it. You already see it. You're just not doing it <laughs> because it's scary and it's out of your comfort zone. But know that you can practice in a safe space, build your confidence and just do you. You know, don't try to copy everybody else. Just be yourself, do your thing and you'll attract the people that get you. I love that. Such inspiration. Thank you so much for that. All right. So to wrap things up, how can people get in touch with you? How can they find you, Lynn? Sure. Well, you can check me out. You can see my reels that I'm yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to make one today. No, no, I know. No. You know what? I'm going to make one too. I'm going to make, I'm going to commit to making one today too. Let's both do it. Yes, we will. <laughs> I'll tag you in it. <laughs> we'll share, we'll, we'll repurpose this podcast and we'll yes. share like Yes, there we go. Yeah, there we, we go. That yes. I share something. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you got your makeup on, do a video. That's, you know, that's my other tip. And in fact, don't do one. Like I might make five reels today and just save them to my camera roll. Maybe I'll change my shirt so people won't know. <laughs> uh, you know, that's your content. So don't feel like it's like you do one today and one tomorrow. Like do five at one time. If you're, you got your hair and makeup done, go and do them all. So you can find me at Million Dollar Party Girl. That's my uh, business. It's a literal translation. And it's just fun to say of the business that I created. And uh, you can, you know, get tons of free content on my blog at MillionDollarPartyGirl.com. I'll spell it out. And I'm, I'm on both Facebook and Instagram at Million Dollar Party Girls. So I'm very easy to find. Yes. Yes. And you're on Pinterest. I find your Pinterest articles all the time when I'm scrolling. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it is. Pinterest it's awesome. Tips. Yes, yes, yes. Pinterest. So if you're looking for direct sales tips and tricks, you will definitely come across one of Lynn's articles at some point. I promise. Do you have any special trainings coming up or anything coming up in your Facebook group that people should tune into? Always. So I do have that mentoring program and it's a great, not only is it great value, it's like 1997 a month, but we're doing a recruiting series right now called recruit more and grow fast. And it's a three-part series. We just finished part one recruiting made easy. And, uh, then we're doing developing new leaders and doubling your team. And they will all be available. They initially are, are um, launched live. So we can get a little Q&A time in there with my mentoring group. 
Um, but then they're also available on demand so you can binge watch. And that also gives you access to 30 other webinar replays on, you know, a lot of course devoted to social selling <laughs> and growing your business fast. That's kind of my jam. Yes. And um, my, my other best-selling program is my Facebook party course, because especially in the world we're living in, you cannot afford not to learn how to do your business virtually. So you'll, you can also get access to that on my website and enroll. It's um, also available on demand with unlimited updates. And I'm actually doing a big update to that course. Um, so it's not like you're getting it and then it's going to not be relevant. That's why we include lifetime updates. So I'm doing a big update on my Facebook party pro course this spring. Very, very cool. Very cool. And your book, uh, Facebook yes. secrets from yes. a million dollar party girl. Yes. Facebook book two, Facebook party secrets of a million dollar party girl and success secrets of a million dollar party girl are both on Amazon. Those make great team gifts, hint, hint. Because <laughs> yes, it's Amazon, it ships right to them. Free yeah, shipping. Free. I'm done so and done. Yes. We love, we love yes. <laughs> <laughs> And you also go live very often in your Facebook group, Million Dollar Party Girl. And yeah. so everyone should check Lynn out because she's always going live and talking about amazing topics that everybody needs to know. So definitely check her out because she has lots of wisdom to share for sure. Yes, there's tons of free content on my Facebook page. And I have a weekly show called Social Girl Live, you know, a little play on Million Dollar Party Girl uh, with social selling tips. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Lynn, for being a trailblazer for all of us oh, <laughs> in my goodness. this technology ridden world. <laughs> and you, we appreciate you just paving the way for all of us and teaching us just how to be awesome <laughs> at social oh. selling. <laughs> Just be yourself and keep clicking or tapping. Yes, that's right. That's right. Love that advice so much. Thanks again, Lynn, for being on the show today. Thanks, Tiffany. I'd love to keep the conversation going and I'd love to get to know you better. Join our free community group, the Directly Different Collaborative over on Facebook. There, you will find like-minded friends from the direct sales industry, and you'll be able to ask questions and get feedback on the things you need help with. You'll find a link to the group in the show notes. One more thing. If you know of a person in the direct sales industry that you look up to and admire, and you've always wanted to just ask them all the questions, I would love to chat with them. Shoot me an email with their name at directlydifferent at gmail.com, and they could be a future guest on the podcast. Thanks, guys. <laughs>